This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. We will post on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible crisis. First, a word about our sponsor, SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help compliance and risk professionals facing these challenges, including unprecedented business impacts from employee well-being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud-first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business operations and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global for sponsoring this most important podcast. In this podcast, I visit with Eric Feldman, Senior Vice President at Affiliated Monitors. We discuss why monitoring your corporate culture during the coronavirus crisis is absolutely critical and how you can do so effectively while working remotely. It's a fascinating podcast. I know you'll enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Eric Feldman. Eric, of course, is the Senior Vice President at Affiliated Monitor. Eric and his colleagues at Affiliated Monitors have been able to continue their uh, work uh, in proactive monitoring and a variety of other strategies uh, with the outbreak of the coronavirus crisis, health crisis. So, Eric, first of all, uh, welcome. Eric, uh, one of the things that uh, you and I have talked about over the past uh, several months and I guess a couple of years is culture assessments and, and really helping companies understand where their corporate culture might be, and then how you can use that information to perhaps uh, improve or on an ongoing basis uh, and make your compliance program more effective. And I guess the thing I wanted to explore with you is how can both affiliate monitors and companies continue to do so in the coronavirus crisis? Well, sure. I mean, obviously, this is presenting a challenge to every business. And I think in compliance, it's going to be uh, an even greater challenge trying to assess the impact of uh, coronavirus and social isolation on uh, on the culture of companies. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, we always talk about corporate communication being the most important thing uh, and, and corporate messaging uh, to let employees know uh, what's expected of them in terms of behavior. Well, if employees are working remotely, that messaging and that frequent contact becomes even more important. Um, and what we're seeing and hearing is that there are uh, risks that are developing with employees working remotely 
not just the risk of employees not putting in the hours. Uh, of course, that's always there. Uh, but there's a risk of employees feeling uh, anxious, feeling like their jobs are going to be cut. Uh, and when people feel that way, uh, they may take actions that they would not normally take uh, in less stressful circumstances. Uh, so the way that, you know, we've seen some companies that we're working with respond to this uh, is through frequent remote team meetings uh, and conversations about where the company's going, honesty and transparency about the organization and how it is faring financially through the crisis so employees can understand what to expect. Uh, hiding things from them is, is not at all helpful. Um, one of the things that we have uh, recently faced is how to do, as you suggested, how to do the work that we do in both monitoring and cultural assessment remotely. Uh, we had already been set up before the uh, lockdown situation occurred here in California and in other states. Uh, we had already been set up to uh, have a series of interviews on a monitoring engagement of a company that has a, an agreement with the government agency. All the interview times were set up. Uh, the entire monitorship, the, the quarterly monitoring was arranged. We had already reviewed documents which were sent electronically. And all we did was convert the interviews from in-person interviews in three different cities to video teleconferencing using MS Teams. And what we found, the lesson learned, is that this can be done really just as easily and with equal effectiveness by looking at a person on a screen and having the same kind of conversation that you would have in person. And it worked. And we've been able to glean the information we needed to further help the company. Uh, the only thing that might, in fact, be a, a, a little more difficult to do is focus groups. Uh, and when you have 15 people in a room trying to read body language and get people to be honest and not have side conversations that you can't see uh, on the camera is very, very difficult. So we may have to uh, have focus groups, but with fewer people in them to try to keep it uh, a lot more controlled. Eric, you've, um, you've been an inspector general in the U.S. government. You've worked at affiliated monitors for a number of years. Professionally, you have interviewed probably thousands of people. Um, the skills that you have brought to the interview process over the years are those the same skills you are using now in remote interviews? Uh, yeah, very much so. That's a great question, Tom. Um, they're very much the same set of skills. Um, when you do interviewing, you are trying to read tone, body language. You can tell when a person is hesitant to respond. You can tell when someone has information that they're not quite sure they want to share with you. And if you have to make them um, a bit more confident uh, before they share it with you, 
doing it remotely on a on a screen um, is a little more difficult to read a person, but you can do it. And a lot has to do with the quality of the video, how close you are to that person being able to read their facial expressions as well as body language. Um, and if you can do that, uh, it, it, you know, w- with a good technology, uh, it can be done in just about the same way. And like I said, the, the bigger problem is, is focus groups and, and um, gauging interaction between people in a large group on screen. And that's something that we're going to have to work at to perfect, I think. Eric, would it be uh, certainly uh, perhaps not uh, uh, the best the best you could do, but on your focus groups, could you reduce the number to perhaps five or six so that uh, you can see them across the screen, whatever video conferencing technique you might be able to use and, and garner a little more comfort and interplay in using that strategy? Exactly. Um, we can do that. But, um, what, what's going to end up happening is that uh, if this continues and people are still at home, uh, we're going to do focus groups. Let's say it's five or six. You'll have five or six people on the screen, and they're not going to be in the same room. Uh, they'll be able to see each other on the screen, but they will also have to be reading one another's body language to know, um, you know, how they're being received. And often one of the values of focus groups is people play off of one another. And they like to see that the comments that they've made have been well received by nods of the head, by um, uh, body language. And again, they're going to have to do that via video. So that's going to be a little bit challenging just to see how people react um, to one another during uh, a remote focus group. Eric, after you get past sort of the technical components of what we've discussed in, in either the technology to actually talk to people or the techniques you'll use in your interview, is the information you're receiving back of a, such quality that you can uh, use that to advise a company or at least give them information on the direction they may need to go? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in all respects, it really is the same. Um, you know, in our process of assessing culture in a company proactively, uh, the first thing that we do is send out a request for, for documents and information about the status of the company's ethics and compliance program, uh, how they're structured organizationally, uh, take a look at some of the trends and hotline complaints that have occurred. Uh, and we do all that electronically anyway. And we request documents that are sent to us and put into electronic files, and we review them electronically. We've been doing that for many years. So there really is no different in, difference in that process. Um, we have to schedule interviews when we want to talk to people. We don't just walk in their offices if we're in the company. Uh, again, we can do that electronically. And the interviews, asking people their thoughts about the culture, about uh, work and how they feel about work, uh, whether they feel they're appreciated, whether they feel that they're in a speak-up culture, uh, which is a key aspect of, of assessing 
the effectiveness of corporate culture, all that can still be done remotely. Now, the thing that's going to be very interesting uh, is assessing speak-up culture. How do you have a speak-up culture if everyone is working from home and you can't just walk into the boss's office? You're going to have to call the boss on the phone or have a video teleconference. Um, it's going to take a little bit more initiative for people uh, to create that kind of speak-up culture. And again, it gets back to what I said at the beginning. Supervisors at every level having group meetings uh, on the video teleconference remotely, it's going to be a critical piece of this. Even at Affiliated Monitors, we had a staff meeting where we had over 30 people uh, on one video teleconference. And I was skeptical on how that would work. It worked out beautifully, absolutely beautifully. The key to it, though, is organizing the interview. When people have opportunities to talk um, and don't talk over one another, uh, you have to be a little bit more organized and structured than you might be in a conference room. Eric, uh, earlier in the podcast, you spoke about employees uh, feeling isolation, perhaps alienation, uh, and it, it generally mental health health issues that perhaps compliance practitioners don't think about as much as we should. And it struck me in listening to you talk about the process of performing a culture assessment that could actually be a part of a one part of a solution to help isolation and help alienation by having internal focus groups by forcing employees to together on a video conference call to talk about uh, culture issues, ethics issues uh, in a way that um, is a little bit different than they're going to normally, but it might actually provide uh, uh, some relief from some of that alienation and difficulty that you've uh, talked about. Could that be possible as well? That is a terrific point, uh, Tom. And, you know, when we do focus groups and we do culture assessments, um, even in, in the old mode, we often refer to the process um, as being cathartic for the people in the organization. People like the opportunity to be able to give their opinions and to speak and to uh, be asked what they think. And often uh, we find that there's a buzz around the company when we do a culture assessment and people feel good that the company cared enough about them to arrange for this to happen. And often these focus groups can turn into kind of group therapy in a way where employees get to share their concerns, their fears, and realize that it's not just them, that others share the same thing. And when we glean that information from focus groups and interviews and then share that with leadership of the company, it's eye-opening for them because it's very rare that senior leaders in any kind of an organization really have a feel for how people are feeling. They would like it to be a certain way. It's aspirational in many ways that we believe everybody is okay and doing great and behaving in an ethical manner. 
but they don't know, and they don't know what the challenges are. A culture assessment can help them do that, particularly in this challenging time. Eric, it also strikes me that uh, because of the economic crisis that we're in, with people working at home, perhaps uh, with a little, frankly, a little more time on their hands, this might be a great time for a company to actually uh, perform a culture assessment because of the added benefit that we just talked about in terms of the cathartic uh, experience and uh, getting away from the feeling of utter alienation that, that now might really be a good time to, to put that in place. I think it's a great time. And I think that, you know, employees do have some, may have some extra time in their hands. Um, <laughs> they're, they're in the uh, comfort of their own homes. Uh, it's a way to reach out to them and to try to address some of the anxiety and concern that's out there. Um, it, it's a perfect time. And, you know, um, the, the cost of these things, of, of doing a culture assessment, um, you know, without the travel cost involved and without going to the locations, uh, which is always optimal, but without doing that, the cost is going to be less at, at this point in time. Eric, is there anything you'd like to add? Sure. You know, I was thinking that during this challenging time, what better way to test the strength of your culture uh, than to find out how employees are reacting uh, to this state of emergency? You know, it, it is in challenging times when you really get to uh, see the true strength of a person's character and an organization's culture. When it's challenged, not when times are good, but when things are bad. And that could be very revealing for companies not to criticize individuals, not to criticize the company, but to address some of those cracks in the company's foundation uh, during this point in time, uh, which will help them move forward when things go back to normal. So I think it really is a perfect time uh, to do a culture assessment. Eric, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I've been visiting with Eric Feldman, Senior Vice President at Affiliated Monitors. It's been a fascinating exploration of uh, not only how do you do a culture assessment remotely uh, with uh, the technological tools available, but actually how a culture assessment at this point in time might actually help improve your employees' uh, health and the culture of your company. Eric, thank you so much for visiting with me. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>